0: I believe that anything is possible. I believe that we never know until we know, and then even then, we don't know everything. <laughs> um, and that's what I believe. One thing I also know is that everyone who met Elizabeth, whether they believed it or not, was touched by this enigmaticness, by this otherworldliness. And when you just said, just now, you know when star people maybe come here for a message or, or whatever to embody a human body credo mutwa said in fact that she is the alien and i think yes. that is something up that is something i'm open to yeah more than this guy that she's cre- the six foot four hollywood idea of a hero
1: and we also actually. By the way, we forgot to say right at the beginning, it is now available on Amazon Prime. Oh, People want to yes, see please.
0: it. But, please. Please um... watch it. You got to accentuate the positive. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good.
1: A bit of feel goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always beautiful to present another show for you. We have the beautiful Uga Kalini with us online today. Welcome, Uga, who is in South Africa. Hello, everybody, and thank you for having me. So let me tell you a little bit about Uga. I came across her uh, because of my fascination with a story about Elizabeth Clara, who was a South African, and Uga is a multi-award-winning filmmaker, who is of Italian descent, but born and raised in South Africa, who has extensive film experience, both in front of and behind the camera, a career that has stretched across South Africa, the United States, Australia and Fiji. And she's just completed after 13 years in the making, hasn't it been? 13 years in the making of this documentary? A documentary yep. all about one of my favourite <laughs> stories, which is Elizabeth Clara. So Uga's film, which is the same name as Elizabeth Clara's book, Beyond the Light Barrier, is narrated by John Cunney. Is that how you say his name? K-A- yep. John it Explores the extraordinary life of Elizabeth Clara, a South African meteorologist who devoted herself to proving the existence of Archon, her extraterrestrial lover, it says here, from the planet Meton in the Proxima Centauri solar system. The film features archival footage. Much of the interviews that you display on the film are from 2010, as I said, 13 years ago, of in depth look at her enigmatic life. Clara claims, you've put here, to have her lived with Archon on Meton for four months and gave birth to her son after a journey on his spaceship. The film delves into Clara's experiences on this ET planet and includes insights from Credo Mutwa, a renowned South African mystic. Through personal accounts and experts analysis beyond the light barrier provides an immersive exploration into Clara's, Elizabeth Clara's amazing legacy. So, as I said, 13 years in the making, I'll tell you how I came across this story. A couple of years ago, I had a man called Craig Campobasso, Campobasso, another Italian name. Do you know Craig? He's also a filmmaker. He's written a lot of books on extraterrestrial life and we had a really out there experience and he's a wealth of information. He was throwing stories at me like Elizabeth Clara's story and he just mentioned oh so briefly a beautiful, well-spoken South African woman has an amazing story called Elizabeth, Uh, uh, along with the many things that he mentioned. And that name just stuck. And I had to go through my conversation with Craig and I said, now, what was that South African woman he talked about? So I took the name and put it in a search engine and found her story and was just mesmerized by her story. How did you come across her story and what made you dedicate 13 years of your life to this story? Uh, I wasn't supposed to be 13, but <laughs> I'm glad it was because
0: because it took so long, I found out all these nuggets as time went along. So I I, I was reminded about the timing of the universe in a very big way. But to answer your question, uh, I was eight years old. So we've got this magazine in South Africa. It's the biggest family magazine called Hees and an Afrikaans magazine. It's also got an English version and um, the languages, so the drum. It's got uh, oh, you Magazine, la, 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 la. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, he at the time in, in the 80s was the magazine. And my mom always used to buy it. It came out once a week. And I, I was an avid reader from a very young age. And I was eight when Petrovna Metlerkamp, a journalist, wrote about Elizabeth Clara. And in the article that she wrote about Elizabeth, all the obvious that we know about it was there but Elizabeth Clara was very much a cat person and she had these beautiful Siamese cats I mean that's throughout the movie I brought that through line in because I love cats too but what bugged me at the age of eight the most you know what stuck in my head was part of the story went that the lights of his spaceship blinded one of her cats and I remember being so upset about that because I just thought if you so fab and if you claim to be so wise how can your lights be so detrimental to cats or at least then fix it because you're so advanced fix it right so and i mean but it just stuck in my head for so so long and then 2010 um i've got a lot of my the father of my children is from australia so i've also spent two years in australia myself and also in fiji and in Fiji, I made the, the I, I I did a I, I was always gonna be a director, but I came in from a different angle. I was acting first, la la la, and I was traveling a lot. But then I started going, okay, now I'm gonna be now I'm gonna really officially full-time go over into filmmaking. And and Fiji was really where I went, okay, but what is gonna be my first film? And I was like, it's gotta be, I've gotta get this, this guy and his lights out of my system. And, um, but obviously, obviously, you know, I'm very fascinated by interesting female stories. That's it's turned out again, organically into what I do. So 2010, when I came back to South Africa, um, at that point, permanently, my company was born and I, I met Georgia, Court, my DOP. I was very green, very, very, I, I call it, it was the honeymoon phase of this story it even had a different title it was the incredible lightness of beings which is very it's a very good title because of where i was you know it was all the good stuff and and then i also started pitching this story as a non-fiction to the rest of the world at the it Fuss and the hot dogs and the all these and i mean people thought i was mad because obviously the subject matter is it's you know a It's a very judgy kind of subject matter already. Um, Incredible likeness of beings then became good planets are hard to find, which was Elizabeth's um, personal logo. And she's not wrong. And, and as I evolved and as the digging began and the story took shape in my head, I realized that, you know, underneath all the um, believe or not believe is a very 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 interesting environmental story because ultimately for me that's no matter what we believe about what she said or this guy called archon or his planet Meton, or any of the sub um plot lines in the story we are on this planet and and we have a problem and we've done it we've made the problem and i love how she chose this way to get the attention because i feel with a lot of the environmental documentaries the people who watch it are the already converted that people aligned to the subject matter people aligned to making the world a better place which is not unfortunately the majority but here she comes and she uses a sci-fi angle to get the attention and i think that's pretty cool So that's a very long answer to your question. (laughs) A
1: couple of things. It's interesting that you say she uses a sci-fi angle to get the attention. I've been showcasing new world teachers, I call them, for like 25 years, many of whom have had similar experiences to Elizabeth Clara or they have telepathic communication with their ET guides, as I do. And the message that they have for humanity is exactly the same message. You guys are not looking after your planet. And there are probable futures that are um, on your trajectory of timeline that are disastrous for for you and humanity For in order for Mother Earth to clean up the mess that you've made. So it's a, I've heard this story over and over again through uh, p- through my own guides and through people who have similar stories to Elizabeth. So it's interesting that that, you know, of, of all the life in the cosmos, what do they want to share with humanity? That's the message. Like get your acts together, kids. It's like we're killing each other. You know, there's this divide between races and judgment and all this stuff, but that's what they ask us to do, clean up your negative thinking, but also clean up the planet. Um, I want to ask you about your logo, because you talked about your logo. Why the mermaid logo? It's a beautiful logo.
0: Thank you. So where I live, I live right, if you look at the the map of Africa, that little tip right at the bottom, that's where the two oceans meet. That's where the Atlantic and the Indian meets. And I live right there on the Indian side. And my personal um, totem is a mermaid, I'm just, the ocean is my, is my thing. The ocean is, if I'm away from water, I become ill. So, um, and also the mermaid stands for me for the unexplained, um, for magical realism, which no matter what I do, um, that's very much stylistically my choice. And it stands for me for the unexplained, the stuff that we can't always prove. Um, Some call it magic, some call it, Yes, there's a lot of words for it, but it's lovely, and it's my reminder. Um, it was drawn by the incredible Carmen Zirfuche, which also did all the illustrations in Beyond the Light Barrier and my previous a lot of it in my previous film, my first film, Alison. Um, and it's just the ocean is probably where I where I find my peace, where I'm most aligned. I don't, we Me and my kids, we don't eat any seafood. We don't eat our friends. Um It's just, yeah, I can't, it's just who I, it's part of I am the ocean. The ocean is me.
1: Beautiful. I concur. Me too. I always have to have a house where I can see at least a, a little bit of the ocean or yeah. at least be able to walk to it. Yeah, a coastal person. Also, you mentioned the cats that you were, because yeah, When I read Elizabeth's book, Beyond the Light Barrier, there is a scene in the book. Remember I emailed you and I said, I see it made into a major motion picture. It's got all the elements. And you said, where have you seen that? And I said, no, I see it in my head. (laughs) I haven't seen it out there. I see it in my head. Because reading the book, it has so many elements that would make such a great motion picture. It has the backdrop of Kathlin and the and the um, Drakensberg Mountains in South Africa, which is beautiful. And, um, and then it has like the 50s, which is another great period piece to put in movies, you know, all that fabulous. And then the war and there's chase scenes, you know, the government's after her. I mean, it's a fabulous story, but there's a part in it where she has a cat or her auntie has a cat, a beautiful, fluffy cat, and the Zulus uh, eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it. But she has a relationship, you know, not only with off-world beings, but with the Zulu nation, which is that relationship we, she has with, um, what's his name? The uh, I read it in the bio, the fellow who's the... Mis- Ocon. No, the... Mis- I don't recall the Zulus eating the cats. Anyway, a credo. Grito, right? Yeah, yeah. What was her relationship with him?
0: But I'm sort of stuck on the Zulus eating the cats now because I don't <laughs> call that at all, and also it's not a Zulu thing to do. That's so bizarre. Oh, did they,
1: they eat the cat or did me? they? Oh, no. Yeah, I just remember reading it in the book and being kind of like, oh my god. No, the cat disappeared. Oh, and, well, uh, no one ate no no, they wouldn't eat it. Maybe cat. it was speculated that they maybe there was a conversation speculating that maybe they took it and ate it or something. Oh, but no, the cat I didn't the cat disappeared. In the, well in maybe
0: Archon didn't Archon take the cat? Wasn't the suggestion because this is coming back to me now, that he took the cat in his spaceship.
1: Maybe that bit. I know he took the car in his spaceship because the car as well. Because she had the, was it an old Mercedes or something? What was it? An MG.
0: Was it an MG that she loved? And
1: she drove up to the top of the mountain to meet him. And she knew she was going on a journey and she was worried that the car wouldn't be looked after up there. It would, you know, the elements would get to it. And he like beamed it up into the spaceship, said, Don't worry, we'll look after your car. (laughs) yeah I thought yeah that was funny.
0: so maybe the cat was in the car also having climbed this drakensberg yeah. several <laughs> times you know that's where the story starts falling apart because you can't drive an mg up there mm-hmm. just saying but then we also know there's a lot of Elements in the story that can be believed. And and that's the beauty of it. Anyway, Krido Mutwa. Krido Mutwa is one of, he's unfortunately passed away now, but Mm. he's one of South Africa's great mystics. Mm -hmm. He holds so much ancestry and stories of of the ancestry side of indigenous nations and stories of of this continent. And I mean, he's world-renowned. For his his writings and his narrations and his his mind and and you mustn't remember when they were close friends. It was in the height of apartheid, and that that also shows you you know Elizabeth she she was very close to the Zulu people and Krita Mutwa was one of her best friends. In fact, there's, the the story goes that she was arrested for visiting with him in Soweto, and I show a photo in the film where he's at one of her. Because she used to have these gatherings, and um, there was a team of First World Nation elders that came to visit her from the states at the time, and and Credo, that's the photo I have. Credo was also there because I mean you can imagine the knowledge exchange. So um, he was one of her biggest believers, and and she of his because I mean he's got some far out there theories and and stories, but. I mean we were privileged enough to to interview him in Kuruman where he lives in the Northern Cape and you see that in the film I mean these statues that is humongous in his garden in the middle of nowhere I mean think the outback because Kuruman in the Northern Cape is very much that 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 landscape and and some of the the um the Statues were so massive that I was like, "But Credo, how?" And he told me this. I mean, obviously, there's so much that doesn't make the film, right? And he told me the story about how, with ET help and melting ice, this whole and and there's a lot of. I mean, listen, I didn't go into that, so I'm sort of now talking from memory here. But I'm sure there's a lot of your listeners that's going to know exactly what I'm talking about and go, "Oh." I know exactly da, da, da. but there's a whole system similar to the pyramids. And one of the many theories around, there's many theories around the pyramids as well. Let's not get carried away, but you know, this is a theory also that he shared or it's not a theory for him, but that was done with extraterrestrial help, getting it from A to B with ice melting. And it was very complicated. I was there for Elizabeth Clara. So But, I mean, the interview we shot with Credo, it was about eight hours worth of footage. So you you can imagine. And even in this film, there's so many people that didn't make the final cut. Fascinating, fascinating people, fascinating opinions.
1: Yes, this is a common thing I hear from filmmakers when I have them on the show, that they have so much footage that doesn't make the cut. And uh, there's a beautiful Australian filmmaker who made a movie called, uh, oh, my God, um, about intuition and psychic abilities, and it travels around the world interviewing um, mystics and religious people and gurus and spiritual teachers about our um, psychic abilities. Because he was an ABC reporter, and he was on the way. He was in Paris, and at five o'clock in the morning, he was on the way to hurry to catch a plane. And he heard a voice in his head saying, "Slow down!" And he's like, "No, I got. I'm. I'm running late. I'll miss my plane. I need to speed up." And the voice screamed at him, "Slow down!" And so he did. And he came across an intersection and a tr- and a truck would have taken him out had he not slowed down so he hung on to that for 20 years and then decided when he retired from mainstream media that he'd make a documentary about our intuition and he said the same thing like oh. 80 hours worth of uh, footage and my suggestion to him was it'd be great to see that footage because that footage that you're talking about about him telling stories that didn't make the movie. And I'm thinking, wow, that sounds fascinating. I'd love to hear those stories. You know, is there a way of putting up these little interviews on a website so that you can hear? And anyway, I suggested that to him too and he hasn't done it yet. But, um, yeah, because there's so much that doesn't make a documentary.
0: I think that's again, let's go back to the magic. Let's go back to The Mermaid. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of last year just at the beginning of last year, Elizabeth's son, David, phones me and he says, listen, I'm immigrating to the UK and I've got a a suitcase full of my mom's stuff that I'm going to throw away and a suitcase full of my mom's stuff that I'm going to ship. And I'm like, okay, why are these suitcases that I'm not aware of at this late point in the game? I'm on my way. By the time timing allowed aligned and we could both you know it suited him for me to come it was about two weeks later the suitcase of his mom's stuff that i'm not aware of despite probably being the person on this planet i feel comfortable to say knows the most about this story um i haven't seen yet at all i have no idea what's in that suitcase that is gone And then the suitcase that got handed to me was some things that I knew like Ocon's painting. David gave me that. And I mean, I still, I'm like, wow, Wow. I've got the painting.
1: Mm.
0: He also gave me the box brownie that his mum, but that was before all of this, but anyway, it's super cool. I have it and it's super special to me, but then lots of other things that in the end took brought another dimension to this film about seven minutes worth of, of footage and interviews that wouldn't have been there before yeah but the suitcase that went to the uk i respect it i respect that you know what as with all things mystical as with all things wonderful as with all things intuition that you cannot necessarily explain but it's a feeling i just know or you know when you say i had a gut feeling this is the tip of the iceberg and the tip of the iceberg took me 13 years in filming and much longer i mean this story has been with me for 40 years wow. from when i first read it right mm.
1: Mm.
0: i respect it it's okay so all the interviews that didn't make it it's okay and i understand why he hasn't put it up because you don't just put it up you need funding you need money it took me 13 years to get this damn film funded so I'm a filmmaker, we have lots of stories to tell, right? Mm. And I've selected the best I feel for me, how I see it, speaking for myself, because of course not everyone will agree and that's okay too. Um, But I have selected the best case scenario for her story, I feel, to give it a balance and all the voices, we can't just put in there those who believe her. Because then it's a very one-sided. I basically take you on my journey in this film. I give you everything, warts and all, because it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Like I'm still there's still things where I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, or yes, I do, or no, I don't, or well,
1: this you know? is a, this is one of my this is the question I haven't posed to you yet because you do present both sides. You present the believers' side and the people that knew her and the skeptic side, and one of the sceptics is her own son, David. So what do you believe? Oh, I get that so much.
0: (laughs) What do I believe? Like that is such a loaded question because (laughs) I believe, let me tell you what I'm sure about. Uh I am sure about that this planet with the people on it, When I look up at the sky every night and I see all those twinkles and all the possibility and all of the unknown, this ain't the only planet of people and creatures and fauna and flora. I have not had a UFO experience. I have not had an ET experience and I have no need to have any of that to know that there's more out there and that we haven't even scratched the surface. We think we have because we always think we're grand. Um, You know, I I don't think the human race is that great at all. And we are every day we are evidence of that. But I'm a positive person. So I always hold on to those who are because there's a lot of awesome people out there too. Um, But this, what I'm sure about, this ain't it. This ain't the only it. But what I'm also sure about, this is where we are. And this is what we need to get right before we go and screw up other planets. We've got to first prove that we can get this right. And I I must be honest, we've gone from bad to worse over here at the
1: moment. Really? When you say bad to worse, you're talking about the consciousness. You're talking about the way we're looking at. Well, it's all part of consciousness, but the way that they're looking after the planet is the violence. Is the political? What do you mean from bad to worse?
0: Everything, everything. Everything. I think we've you know, we had all these environmental warnings. We know what's coming. We know that we're out of time. And get me wrong, because it's important to also not minimize it. And it's important to remember that you need to be the change. If everyone just works in front of them, the change begins in front of their door, at their doorstep. That's where it begins. It doesn't begin out there, okay? Even just uh, let me make it personal. If I look at the winter we've just had, We've never seen such floods and such erratic behavior. And that for me was why I went to Chernobyl because earth, mother earth, she's, she's a force. You can't reckon with no amount of technology can tame her or control her like any good woman, right? Any strong woman. She is for me invincible, but she's hurt and she's hurting. And her children are being hurt and it just takes one little storm for her to go Wah! and go i am in charge here and chernobyl for for the next like 200 or 2000 years or twenty thousand years or whatever the amount is i can't even remember humans can't live there but mm. nature has found a way including the animals who live there to not only assimilate all this nuclear activity and radiation and everything that kills us within minutes. And they are thriving and they are thriving because there's no humans. Nature always finds a way it's the humans who won't. And this for me is what I went with ultimately as a personal message in this film, like, okay, so let's, let's, let's zone into the selfish nature of of some humans because of course it's not all humans. I very much believe in the good side of things. But if we don't change our ways, we're the ones who's going to suffer because nature always finds a way.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that because the last conversation I had on the show was with a woman who channels angels who was very successful in corporate America, working with some of the biggest companies in the world and one of the only women in these high-powered jobs. then the angels are like, hello hello we want you to we want you to speak us and it took her a while but um this and there are a lot of predictive messages and this was the message that she gave us exactly was that uh, earth changes are occurring and they're ramping up she said that her daughter calls it polycatastrophe or poly cataclysm or something because you know on the news now there's not one catastrophe a week or a month it's every day because a news story would last you know the floods in new york that would last at least a week and like the next day there's the fires here and the earthquake there and the tornado Mm. there i mean now it's israel Mm. so uh which has lasted more than a couple of days but there's just one catastrophe after the other and the angels were saying that things are really heating up because the earth is going through a big time of shift and we're going to shake you in order to wake you in other words and uh, mother earth is on board with that too you know we're gonna if you don't listen i'm gonna shake you up so that you listen and that's really we're in the thick of it right now right now but um yeah going back going back to that question i asked you about do you believe (laughs) i get a sense you do (laughs) but I do maybe, but, but maybe you don't want not, to be too public about it no know. not at all
0: oh hell no that's never been an issue for me I I just don't necessarily believe Elizabeth everything. lied about a lot of things you
1: don't believe everything uh, like, maybe she embellished the no. story she embellished um, it, but...
0: I mean just remember there was you know the planets changed his name changed there wasn't even a baby in the original book that On she the wrote. Then, then, book, yeah. then in the second book, yeah, you know, no, this is complicated. But like all good things, it's very complicated, right? It's layered. The best onions have many layers. The peaches of peach, it, there's the skin, there's the pip, there's the right, there's layers. Um, I, I wish I don't. It's what bugs me, I'm a very, very layered person myself so when i don't have you in front of me where i can feel you and get a sense of you i'm always very careful to just dismiss things which the younger me was very easy to do but the older me has learned that and especially being a filmmaker and the technology we have so much can be hidden and i never got a chance to speak to Elizabeth. i never met elizabeth clara I never got a chance to to make up the final bit of an opinion that's still missing for me. I also think that there's trauma somewhere there. Something happened somewhere. Can you imagine just the life in the time she lived as a female in South Africa? Um, She was divorced twice. Then she said that her third boyfriend is an alien. Soon after women only got to be able to vote it was not an easy time it was a very brave time to see the th- to say the things she says now now today there's a platform for everybody if i don't like you i go there because i like you or if 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 you think i don't talk the truth someone else will invite me on this show that thinks yes there's there's i mean there's always been enough for everybody but technology and media didn't have the avenues that it, it had now. Right. So, so exactly. I just think, yeah, I just think this is tip of the iceberg stuff. I totally understand Wallace, why her son, David feels the way he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had his own UFO experiences. He's had his own um, flying saucer experiences and he's, he's honest and open about that. I mean, he used to go with his mum to her UFO groups and all of that. He loves his mother. He's completely passionate and dedicated to her and will always be. But like he says, the, you know, when she says, but he went with her up there and when he took the car and the spaceship and the, this and they rode by horse, you cannot ride by horse from Moy River to Kaskin Peak. I carried gear up to Kaskin Peak twice in my life now. It's not a joke. And this is in 2000, in the two thousands, when, you know, they've made beautiful paths, these little resting points. Um, you know, I, I have, I've had some of the fittest crew members walk that, that, that climb that mountain with me, two of them, their knees buckled from under them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you're not used to that kind of climbing where I live, we have a lot of mountains. I climb a lot. Um, I I believe that anything is possible. I believe that we never know until we know. And then even then we don't know everything. <laughs> um, and that's what I believe. Yeah. I believe Elizabeth Clara lied about a lot of things. And I believed Elizabeth Clara told a lot of truth.
1: Yeah. And Well, well the thing is like yeah. many conversations I've had on this topic, you're right. Today, there's a platform where anyone will believe you. But back then, you know, coming out and saying you've had extraterrestrial alien contact is not it's you know with the conditioning and the programming that we've had as a human collective if you talk about aliens you're bat shit crazy you know like you're crazy you're nuts like that's been the conditioning and it's interesting sure. that just over the last few months you know these naval people these navy guys and officers incredible people have come out and had this congress to parliament about about seeing these craft and they discuss the programming that if you talk about it that you're you're seen as as crazy as as a lunatic as you know mad and um and so so many people have witnessed craft and ships and ufo's and uaps and because of that programming have never said a word because i don't want you to think i'm crazy i don't want you to think i'm crazy so, in order to actually come out with a story like Elizabeth, for people that don't know Elizabeth Clarence's story, we've been talking about, it, we haven't even said the story. She was contacted by another planet and she met Archon, who was a six foot four alien from the Alpha Centauri system and fell in love, had a romance, and had a baby, went and lived in Proxima Centauri on one of the planets for four months and came back and wrote about her experience. That's in a nutshell. So, to come out and say that as your truth is you're not gonna get anyone telling you you're fabulous. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. It's much easier to say I've got a great imagination and I've written this fabulous book and you know, like um like like creative writers do, but to say it's actually your experience, yeah, it's a pretty brave thing to do. It's a brave woman. I mean, maybe she did embellish the stuff, you know, maybe she did embellish her writings and um but yeah. Yeah, to make it I up. think
0: Two things on that. So um Paul Slabolevsky, um, one of my my interviewees and a very well-known actor here in South Africa, I loved how he says maybe she lied her truth. Or not yeah. maybe, he yeah, says she he
1: thinks she lied her truth. What does that mean? I do I was listening to that today. What does that mean? Lied th- your truth. I think I think we
0: are all guilty of that that over time, I mean, actually that's how, how anything works. Like when you've had a traumatic, let's take a real life example. Let's say you've had a breakup, right? Over time, no matter how traumatic or how fabulous that relationship was over time, the brain automatically starts remembering the highlights for you. Right. And over time for some, depending on your personality and your environment and, maybe the movie you're watching and the music you're listening to depending on how creative you are what kind of soul you are the highlights and the memories become a little commercial for what that chapter in your life was but at the time Maybe it was a very different experience. Like how, like when you think back how, how, the, how you fall in love with someone and how you fall out of love of, with someone and you cannot believe that you kissed that person at one point in your life, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm always so fascinated about how that works. <laughs> or suddenly... The smell, like how they smell, and you sleep in their t-shirt. Now you want to puke when you smell them. It's like it's repulsing you. Like it's amazing <laughs> that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So but so let's take that and take Elizabeth Clara's story. Because remember, the, the actual experience happened in the 50s. Mm-hmm. But the time she wrote her book, it was 20 years later holy moly think of yourself 20 years ago make it personal 20 years ago you versus 20 years now you massive growth i'd like to think massive evolving i'd like to hope this is no different so the truth that was that with 20 years of experience layered on top with a very different world she finds herself into the point where she can bring in some sex drugs and rock and roll drugs being very sanitized plants. That is your contraceptive. A baby being bathed in mineral water. It's all very cute, um, but this hero that she's made, I don't like him one bit. I think he's a bloody asshole. He Who's takes that? a baby. Oh, Arcon. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I have no time for him. <laughs> um, he so he impregnates her. He first of all he grooms her he'd be in so much shit today because he grooms her from the age of eight where he telepathically comes and appears there on the farm okay he's grooming her like any good old pedophile in my mind and he is only grooming her because he needs her to in so so we're going with the story here to infuse his because they realize their bloodline is so pure they're so perfect they need some of us morsels to you know to get the dna right because it sounds like too many brothers and sisters slept with each other up there so now they need to infuse the bloodline and because they're also in a human race he chooses elizabeth who's clearly the perfect person you know she's blonde and blue blue eyed because remember i'm scumbag with my dark hair my brown eyes i that's a whole different story and that's where john connie got very upset and i can totally understand why But his race is blonde and blue-eyed and white, very Hitler. So he grooms her since the age of eight. Then there's one chance to make mad passionate love, which they do somewhere up there in the ship. And then because of the time difference, he takes her to meet on to birth the child, which she makes sound so romantic with all these strangers in the room, by the way, all the – the 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 family members it's all very freaky to me you know rubs rubs her thighs a little bit and out pops the baby age 48 wow and then sends her back to earth where she never sees her son again her the son she birthed ever again and she dies of the most horrendous and painful breast cancer there was no help from him so up there, you can eat a plant for contraceptive and you wash in water that makes you healthy forever and you don't die. But he makes his, his, his the love of his life die in a hospice. What an asshole. This is like Little Mermaid all over again. So that's where I'm at with this story. That I believe. My opinion on it. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. oh, it's a hilarious, very human perspective. <laughs>
0: I do not want this guy for all the money in the world well there's many people who disagree with me on this and it's okay yeah.
1: yeah yeah I have a different perspective because when you see it from a broader perspective the human life that we live is so short and it might be fraught with trauma 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 but from the soul's perspective it's what we're electing to experience because there there is growth from that there is there is um, evolution from the contrast from the experiences that we go through on Earth, and then we get to Earth and we and we have these contrasting experiences, these traumas, illness, and cancer, and old age, and all this crap we have to go through as humans. And then we go, hang on, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Can't I have some help from the angels or the aliens? Can't you heal me instantly? And uh, he's
0: no angel. He's no uh, angel. Well, I totally believe in angels. Archon is no angel. <laughs> he's a he's an extraterrestrial from an advanced human race, allegedly a scientist.
1: But Uga, you the, the I mean? story goes that she is because they live for extended amounts of time. I, I think that she was Correct. in your film she says that they don't even have to leave their physical bodies if they don't want to because they can live for however long they want to stay in that physical form. She doesn't use those words, but she says yeah. they can live forever yeah. or whatever. It boils, yeah. it boils down to that. Yeah, boils down to that. And um, so if you do have this extended life in a particular body and you are wanting to interact with the human race, and this is such a common story that I come across on my show with people who elect to come in as a human, to deliver a message, but they also stay connected to their star nation families, whether it's the Greys or the Venusians mm-hmm. or the Thayubans or the, you know, from wherever planet you were from, and sure. uh, it you know these little lives, these eighty or ninety lives that we live are just a tiny blip in the a spot of the, if you if you're living for hundreds or thousands of years. And then to put your body in stasis and put your consciousness into another body and have this short life and experience the traumas. She went through World War II. You know, she mm. was chased by the, she was shot at and chased and, you know, she got old and she got sick. So she had the gamut of what it is to be human. And from the from the soul's perspective or maybe from a broader or higher perspective where you don't have those experiences in your, on your planet where those things aren't available, it would seem like something wanted, like I really want to know what that feels like. Like if you've never been on a roller coaster ride and experienced wanting to vomit and faint all at the same time, you mm. think that that is a really exciting thing to do. So you go yes, and then sure. you get off the thing and you say, "What was I thinking?" Yeah, so I get that perspective. As I say, you're coming. So from... So I, I hear you. Mm. I
0: I hear you on that, but we are on planet earth though and we are the yeah. humans right now so there's no point in in dreaming about another reality mm. which i'm not saying is a dream i'm saying I'm, I'm i'm posing it as a reality because that's not where we are we are here and you know i think you must remember i've spent years with these people and I, and i think it's just my process when I'm done with a movie, I always say it feels like a breakup. My crew just goes on to the next job and I've just like birthed the baby and everyone is just pissed off, right? Um, like I go through this whole phase of loss and I miss everyone and then you go on again and then the next phase starts. I mean, I, I just, I love what I do so much. But I mean, Elizabeth Clara... She's older than the story in me and and how long it took me it's, it's older than my children, my two children that I've birthed Rock and Neo because I birth a movie it's I don't just make a film like when it's under my banner of two of the creations obviously I'm director for hire as well but you know I option the story we make the story. I, I keep in touch with people I I keep in touch with people after we done and wrapped as much as it's possible of course. And I know what I know. I mean, one thing I also know is that everyone who met Elizabeth, whether they believed her or not, was touched by this enigmaticness, by this otherworldliness. And when you just said just now, you know, when star people maybe come here for a message or, or whatever to embody a human body, Credo Mutwa said, in fact, that she is the alien. And I think yes. that is something i that is something I'm open to Yeah, more than this guy that she's the six foot four Hollywood idea of a hero you know the idea of what is a perfect man a perfect man is tall he's blonde he's blue eyed not to me he's not but to her he is and at the time we have to always remind ourselves at the time when she told the story at the time when when it went live it was ahead of its time today we look at it in a very different way I mean this was before porn this was before a game of thrones where you like look at it and you go I can't believe this is on tv and children can actually watch this right we've Everything has become so much more open and hectic and violent and we can make things look so much more real and visceral and la, 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 la. But Elizabeth, and you've touched on this too. Elizabeth did this in the seventies, brave, brave, brave. Because I know, um, and I mean, I've got a, I've got a wide body of work and a wide, this is my third film, even though it was supposed to be my first, but, you know, I, I don't just make, this is my alien. This is, that is my sci-fi story. But I'm still more interested in the woman, in this incredible brave woman, because I know the judgment I got as filmmaker with this project.
1: Wow. Where I'm like, oh, really? You're going to
0: say that? You're going to judge like that? That is so boring. Mm. Um, so I can just imagine, and I still think, what a brave soldier. And and she did it with her pulls and a hair and a bun and little yeah. fab very, very marilyn monroe and i think we need to remember that she she I have worked to say,
1: the footage of her in the film is so brilliant because when i found her story i was looking for footage of her everywhere i was looking looking for someone that knew her for someone who knew the story to have on the show by the way we forgot to say right at the beginning it is now available on amazon prime oh, people want to yes, see please. it please but, um, please watch it <laughs> amazon prime so if you're not a member of amazon prime i think you can do a free 30-day trial you can watch it like that Yes, if you don't want to a sign up trial. or a week trial or something like that yeah and uh so i looked and i someone told me they said oh i know her cousin and they introduced me to a woman called uh, valerie o'hogan did you know, I know O'H- valerie Right, yes, I don't do. look, and it didn't turn out to be her cousin, but she is somebody that said she's not her time, cousin. No, not Yo. her cousin. So spent time with Elizabeth, and she was quite reticent to come on the show, and she was very shy, and she said she could only do uh, twenty minutes because of her internet. I don't think she wanted to talk for too long. She ended up spending an hour with me on the show talking about it. And so I did a show with Valerie about it because I just wanted to get this story out there and I didn't know who to talk to about it apart from reading the book online because I love the story. I think it's fascinating. You didn't put Valerie in your in your documentary? No, I didn't.
0: I spoke to Valerie. Valerie wrote a book. You did? Um, but for me, how I decided who's going to make the final final cut of my film. And for me, Kitty um, and Peroshka. Who was Elizabeth Clara's travel companion? Can't beat that. Um, I did extensive research into Valerie. Um, it's awesome. That's her version, that's her experience. But um, and I and I was gonna interview her. We, we and then on the day that we were shooting, we ran out of time and I, I couldn't get to her but that just cause I interview you doesn't mean you're going to make the film, but I always interview as much as I can. Cause I call it the golden nuggets. That's the screenwriter in me. You know, it's one line, it's Paul Slabolepski. She lied a truth. Boom. That's a tag. And maybe someone gives me just that one line that changes everything or takes me into the next beat of my, of my, of my scene or whatever. please also um, to your listeners and viewers, they can join us um, at a Beyond the Light Barrier movie on social media as well. We love, we welcome everyone. We don't judge. Everyone is welcome.
1: Well, one of the things in the book, I have a good friend called David, who's a fifth generation pearl dealer. And uh, he came to me as a client over 20 years ago. And uh, I recognized him as a you know new world teacher. He always said to me that when he was a young boy, he looked up at Venus and he said, I'm here on Earth. I'll stay for as long as i'm needed but i can't wait to come home so he very much relates to being a venusian even though venus is um uh, not a star that's inhabited now i think that archon's people came from venus and the star died and they moved out into the cosmos and found the planets in alpha centauri and then inhabited they said eight planets and i think that our science has only identified a couple of those planets as being out there and apparently there's eight and Meton was one of them, one of the planets. Mm. But one of the things in the book, in the Beyond the Light Barrier book, is she goes down a staircase made of pearl, not mother of pearl, but pearl. And they have this way of manufacturing natural pearl that you can use it to like build with and so when I'm reading this I had to tell my friend David fifth generation pearl dealer and um, he was totally mesmerized by that and there's those sorts of details takes a wild imagination to make that up but the energy of pearl is just you know pearl has such it's like any crystal it has its own energy and when we think about it it has such a regal type of higher energy like um Like when you think about people wearing their pearls, like Elizabeth had her pearls on the interview that you had, royals have like laden themselves in pearls for years and years and years. There's an interesting energy, a fascinating energy to Pearl. And they talk about that in the book.
0: I'm a screenwriter, I can think up the biggest Pearl story you need. (laughs) It's like I'm not saying it's not, of course it's true. Listen, I'm a very spiritual person myself, but. You know, Elizabeth Clara either was on a spaceship where the staircase was made off pull, or somewhere, because I've got the suitcase and I've seen the book she's been reading, the suitcase had a lot of the books, a lot of her research books. She was reading a lot about all of these things and maybe it inspired her to lie her truth, to get the story, because she, she was very intelligent. She had a very scientific mind. So when you are scientifically inclined, your storytelling will be more scientifically inclined. Or you will understand the science of these things better. Like your Paul Dealing friend. By the way, is he blonde and blue eyed?
1: No, the only
0: way not at he all. From Venus,
1: He's valid. dark, dark hair, dark olive skin, dark eyes. Does he have dark eyes? No, he has hazel eyes. But, yeah, no, not blonde, not blonde and blue-eyed. Interesting. Break
0: the news. Break <laughs> the news. According to Elizabeth and Archon, the only way you can be from Venus is if you're blonde and blue-eyed oh, and light skinned
1: nice uh, Well, you know, he's not wearing a Venusian body. He's wearing a human body, born into a Jewish oh, family. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So he's All born into go. a Jewish family. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. And you say that she was blonde and blue-eyed, but she had, you know, like the, the interview with her is that she has the red hair, although it be it dyed red hair. So I always thought yes. that she was... She was a redhead. So you're saying as a younger Mm. woman, she was blonde. No, she was blonde. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You
0: can see when you look at the poster of her, like that woman in the the black, that's her. That is the Elizabeth Clara that went to the world and said, hi, I had this experience. It's very Marilyn Monroe. It's very buxom. The the tiny waist with a belt, the boobs, the pulls. I mean, it's Hollywood. It's beautiful. That is the Elizabeth Clara. And I remember, remember, I didn't shoot that interview of Elizabeth Clara on the couch. It was was, um, gifted to me by the filmmakers, the filmmakers who shot the only in depth interview with her.
1: Yeah, which is actually the one that I found on YouTube, which is a very poor quality. It's the dark haired woman with the dark curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, her. I can't remember her name. Yeah. 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 um, um, but sue, it's very poor quality on youtube and you've, you've she's, got this- and she recently actually passed away really oh interesting yeah. yeah
0: so um but yeah so i got given the actual we we try we we digitized that footage so our quality is amazing, amazing. and bless frank myberg who gave us his wife is called sue myberg and um also special love to sue she recently passed away about two or three months ago um But I remember, because remember, the story has been with me since the age of eight. And the first time when I saw that footage, I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed that this picture I created in my head, and and that goes back to what I said earlier, what someone or something becomes in our mind over time. And I'm going to tell you a funny story about that actually just now, um, for the sake of my DOP, Georgia. And yes, she is. And she speaks. And that's just not how I imagined it to be. I was like, huh? Because I yeah, it's just it's what I had in my mind. I don't know. I I was I wanted Linda Hamilton terminated too. I don't know what, but that was not it. But, but when you go look at the times, we were barely allowed to have an opinion. We were not even allowed to vote at some, you know, until recently. So she and that's what I'm saying to you, she played it so well. She knew how she needed to behave, and she came from a very affluent, very posh family. Make no mistake. But she knew what she needed to do to be to be heard and to be listened to. And I mean, those books that that I got given, her research books. Every front cover, I mean, you see it in the movie. I mean, up uh, there's a lot of subliminal um, clues there. Every movie is just signed by some guy who clearly had a crush on her of some sorts. I mean, the boys loved her. There was something about, because she fed right into at that moment in time for the majority of what was a woman. Look at Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe didn't speak like that. Once you heard how she really spoke, but she knew that you had to be slightly, you know, to be to, to, to do a thing. And, and that, I mean, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. So I had a dream where, yeah, where I live, there's a promenade. And I, and this was just before I found the piece that was removed between the original edition and the old and the new edition, which John Carney deals with in our film. And um, I, I, I was walking by Fisher Beach where I live, which I, what I love. And Elizabeth Clara was working, walking on the promenade, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I ran up to her, and I'm like, "Elizabeth, it's Uga," like as if she would know who I am. But like I have been, it's me. I'm telling you a story. I was like, I, I was so excited to meet her, and she was so rude to me in my Ooh, dream. What did she say? She was, she was just so irritated with me like i don't really want to talk to you now you know and i was like this is not the picture i have in my mind and that's not who she was by the way she was Mm. and that's something i got from valerie valerie like the elizabeth she described was just this honey bunny a little bit of a rebel who would have a glass of wine at lunchtime again remember for the time she was in elizabeth was no nerd she was she was a she was a posh wildcat. You know, I, I love, love that about it. She wasn't just boring or not that I'm saying you need to drink and then, uh, you know what I mean? She, she would have a glass of wine and you sort of wouldn't expect that of her. Right. Um, at lunchtime. And, but of course that's not who she is at all from what I heard, but it was a very interesting dream and that disappointment and that ho- horrified, but I'm the I'm the idiot who's been at this for all these years to get your damn story across. Like, it's not even my story, it's your story. And you're so rude to me. And I've not even received funding. And I remember like wanting to tell her all of this and she just pissed off. She just walked right off. And I mean, I was mortified. And I, I, I think I even phoned David at the time and said, I just met your mom in a dream and she was so rude to me. And he was like, but that's not, that's not my mom. My mom would never be rude to you. Um, but I just want to tell you the Georgia story. So Georgia, my cinematographer is also the executive producer on this film and shot my other film. I invite your readers to go watch that one because that's South Africa's biggest survival story. The story of Alison also on Amazon. Alison turned out shooting first and and I went on a recce, and then by the time the cameras rolled, we were like a year and a half later. And I kept saying to Georgia, the first thing I want to get when we, when we get to Allison's house is, is, is this mountain line, which when I look out of my office, there's this, it's almost like a, it's so beautiful, it's like a cut-out picture of a mountain. And then I just need that shot. And we arrive at Allison's house, and Georgia's like, where is this mountain of yours? And I, and the mountain was there, but how I had it in my head, the filmmaker created the frame she needed over time. And the frame that was there wasn't quite it. So we had to, but that's what we do. We create the frame. We need to suit our narrative and what we need to get by just like Elizabeth at, at Jagger's walk in Fisher, that wasn't, that wasn't my frame. That wasn't how she, you know what I mean? And and it isn't who she was, by the way. I love human beings and how we do stuff. Listen, I'm here. I'm not a star person. Also, according to Archon, I'm not. Um, according I'm very to much Archon? A... Well, how,
1: yeah. When have you spoken to Archon and he told you you're not a well, star person? According
0: to Elizabeth <laughs> via Archon, I'm not. And that's okay. I'm very much an is earth Is that person. because you've
1: got brown hair and brown eyes? No. Well, that's the, you Allegedly. Know, the star person. The body we wear is not who we are. The body is just the vehicle we drive around in to experience no. a specific well, environment. I mean,
0: tell blonde contact. hair, so dark tell hair,
1: black skin, white skin doesn't
0: really matter. According to- no, but if you go look, no. And this is where things get complicated. If you go look. the at the writings and and we touch on it in the film but again you only have 90 minutes to unpack stuff so you sort Mm. of also decide what you're going to unpack more but they literally it's literally described that the venusian people no no matter what your body is like it's blonde it's blue-eyed even the animals on that planet is white and blue-eyed so Mm. if you look at the illustrations if you actually now, for those who haven't watched the film yet, all the info we couldn't get to, we tried to at least Carmen drew for us Mm. or did with it. Like there's so many layers, but Mm. I mean, all filmmakers are like that. We put so many clues in and then we're like, but how can't you see that clue? But no, it's definitely
1: (laughs) worth watching a few times. And it's definitely worth reading the book. Actually. I'm thinking to myself, I've got to, I've got to reread the book because I, I probably got the cat story wrong because I seem to remember the cat no, being did. kidnapped, yeah. and they maybe speculated that the Zulus take it and ate it or something. But I, I might have got that wrong, so I have to there's reread it. There's a dog, it. and there's a dog that disappeared. The little dog disappeared, but again, maybe no it one was ate the, the dog. dog. Not the cat. It might have been the dog huh. that disappeared. That might have been it. The, I got the cat and the, the dog. Dog, confused. and and
0: and they they think Archon took the dog as like how he took the MG.
1: see he just takes things he takes things he does that yes (laughs) (laughs) but uh look there is no coincidence that you've been obsessed with this story for 40 years believe it or don't believe it believe you're a star person or not a star person I haven't well actually that's not true I was gonna say I haven't dedicated 40 years of my life to one thing but I have and that's to the expansion of consciousness so there you go but yeah I'm all for that but you know like I've dedicated my life to that but coming from it from many different angles and uh, yeah and this story is definitely one of the stories which is an angle that we come at because there's so many there's so many things which are beautiful about imagining a utopian world if we look out on the news on our earth today we see trauma 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 and what you focus on expands what you focus on expands what you focus on expands and so as we talk about the trauma as we as we make movies about the trauma, as we focus on it, we expand it. And so if we can imagine a utopian world and that we could possibly create a similar type of world you know of staircases made out of pearl and you know beautiful you know the birthing experience here on planet earth is like a nightmare i mean like i remember getting pregnant and thinking oh my god you know we're terrified of giving birth and then she so effortlessly gives birth to ailing her her star baby and uh so there's Lots of messages in the book that we as humans can, you know, like if it's fantasy or not fantasy, we can create it through our imagination, through focusing on it, through desiring it, through wanting to create it. And it definitely has a powerful message about it does. Mother and, Earth as well. And and that's why
0: maybe staircases out of pull is environmentally not a very good
1: choice. <laughs> not, not the way people are they? made not the way yeah. people are made here yeah. on Earth, because they're tiny little yeah. things. But the exactly. way that they were, can you imagine the way they were made on their planet was completely different. And I have to reread it. because yeah. it's been a couple of years since I've read the book. Yeah. But and um, yeah,
0: and I think I think what what's important for me, I am absolutely all about um, the expansion of the consciousness as well. But my tool is filmmaking and females yeah. mm-hmm. and females. And, mm-hmm. and yeah and and this is just one of and I mean, I, I'm the one, me and, and and Georgia, but that stood by the story through it all, and yeah. and that's why it's really important for 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 people to go watch because you have to search for the movie on on Amazon. It doesn't you do. Just pop it doesn't up. pop
1: up. You have to put no. it beyond the light and, barrier,
0: mm-hmm. and that's frustrating. And if you make a spelling mistake, it's going to say or a typo. It's going to say it's not there. So the more people watch how the algorithm works eventually it will push it up so mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
0: please watch and and like so, i said we welcome we welcome everybody on our social media platforms everyone is welcome so Even what's the
1: move- social media is are you talking about facebook uh we facebook
0: twitter TikTok, twitter? Instagram, TikTok, instagram um, and what's it all called, of them is it called beyond the light beyond- Beyond the Light Barrier movie,
1: movie. Okay, so what was the name of the other documentary you have on Amazon Prime? What's it called? Allison. Just Alison, The name Allison. Allison. So that's if you go like to Amazon An- Prime and you go into documentaries and search Allison, it'll come up.
0: It will come, and it's A okay. L I S O N. And then fiction on Netflix is Angelina. Again, see all the girls and that's Angelina. Oh, okay, yeah, and spelled on I E N A and that's all about you or who you've been waiting for
1: on Netflix. and that okay. yeah
0: and that gives you and it's in australia new zealand everywhere nice. um and that really also gives you a taste and a look of everything i love about cape town south africa and this incredible diverse nation that we are
1: yeah beautiful well wow, look forward to watching the other two movies that you've made beautiful angelina and Alison. Oh, dying one. It's been a joy to meet you. And, uh, you know, congratulations on dedicating your life to such a 40 years of, of, on a project. There's no Thank coincidence. It's hard. We could go into <laughs> dream analysis. I could tell you more about your dream analysis, but I'm not going to oh, do that I now. Totally <laughs> wanted. Email me. Why was she so rude to me? <laughs> oh, fear. Like, you know, when we have people up on pedestals. Yeah, that's a. No, yeah,
0: no, she was definitely. She was up on a pedestal very much for me, but mm. not anymore. I, because pedestals are, are pedestals are never healthy. They no, never they're not things. healthy.
1: They're not healthy at all. Yeah, but yeah, there's obviously a relationship that, that your two souls have. Your two souls have. So maybe no, your soul, sure. maybe your soul is inhabiting a form on in Proxima Centauri in in one oh, of your multi-dimensional oh. lives. You are a star, baby. <laughs> You know it's so funny. Have you seen those? Have you
0: seen those TikToks where it's it's the guys from that? Um, I don't. I'm not into Formula One, but it's those two presenters from that Formula One or the cars or something from the UK. And then and then it's like, but it's 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 shitty sort of jokes reels. Because every night before I go to bed, I watch cat reels and haha reels and Pedro Pastol reels. Right? That's what I want to go to bed with. That's like then my vibe is good. And um, and these guys, they, they and it's them laughing. They're laughing hysterically. And it's like um, my favorite one, and we often post it on, onto our, our stories, is they go, ha, 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 when the aliens kick you out of the spaceship because you're too much for their planet. And I think I will not, I will get fired from me, on because I will just like nothing about no one they doing there. And the fact that's too white. I'm South African. I understand the dangers of that.
1: No. <laughs> oh, funny, funny. Earth is, the beauty of Earth is it's its vast, it's diversity, you know. And maybe. I love Earth. Maybe so many beings are so focused on earth because of how diverse you know that we're really mixing it up down here and maybe other planets are not as diverse then maybe there are planets that are all black and maybe they're all white and blonde hair blue eyes on some somebody you know there is anything's possible right anything's possible maybe they're focused on us because of the diversity and because of this diversity we yeah. find it so hard to get along it's like we judge we're so different from each yeah. other different ideas we look different and like we're judging yeah. other people and Anyway, I reckon Earth is the best sitcom in the cosmos, you know. I mean, there's just many eyes on Earth, yeah. <laughs> many yeah. eyes on Earth. But thank you again for coming oh, on the I show and sharing it. your experiences. Thank you. Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. You, you go with hilarious <laughs> some of her stories and her scepticism. But that was fun. That was really fun. And the documentary is fun, too, because she puts all this cartoon in it and she puts that um music in it like in old sci-fi movies that woo, 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 you know <laughs> when they're talking about UFO and alien things which um I didn't love about it I have to say because because I, I think it's a story worth telling and worth taking seriously but she's she's a fun person she likes to make things fun I asked her why she made it all cartoony like that and she said because I thought that was fun But it's beautifully made and the cartoons are great. The way the cartoons are drawn, like the artists that did the cartoons, are amazing. And the stories are fascinating. And it does have a message, you know, the the documentary does have a message about looking after this planet. And, yeah, and as she said, she's got great footage of Elizabeth talking. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating documentary. So do check it out if you can on Amazon because it is, if you've got an Amazon account, it is free to watch. Uh, You don't have to pay for it. Like most of the people I speak to who put out documentaries, to pay a few dollars it's only a few dollars most people charge about I don't know between 20 and 30 or 40 dollars well it's the afternoon it's night it's dinner time here in Australia because when I speak to South Africa it's like her early morning and my uh, evening afternoon evening here so I'm not going to yak too much longer. Let me know what you think. Do you think Elizabeth was lying and she made it all up? Or do you think she embellished the truth? I was just saying to Uga that, you know, the first draft that the David, the son found, which was different to the book that she originally published, uh, eventually published beyond the, the light barrier, um, was about Venus. And there wasn't a baby and it had a different story so this is what David thinks oh she's made it up because there's two different stories sort of the same theme same theme but maybe when she wrote the first draft she embellished it and made stuff up because she didn't think because remember she's not putting this book out as a fictional piece of work she's saying this is my story (laughs) maybe she embellished it saying it was Venus because Venus was a planet that we know and Proxima Centauri and the planets that were described in the book are not known by our scientists, and maybe she just didn't think that the um, having a baby thing would be palatable at all. Maybe when she did eventually put out the book, these are lots of maybes. That's my my maybes. She thought, I'll just tell I'll just tell them what happened and um, let people and let the chips fall where they may. People can believe me or not believe me. I'm just going to lay it out there. And beyond the light barrier was born. But like Uga said, maybe after 20 years from the experience to the writing the book, there is some embellishment and some facts that don't line up, like you can't ride a horse up the Druckenberg mountains or a car. Maybe she could ride it so far. And then Archon beamed her up into the spaceship. I don't know. Without Elizabeth being here, we can't ask her those questions, can we? But it's an amazing story. It's a beautiful story. It's worth reading the book as well beyond the light barrier which you can get online for free i think i did in pdf version alan steinfeld's coming up in the inner sanctum this weekend if you're around alan is full of stories he is a pioneer in podcasting and interviewing new world teachers and experiences from all over the planet i was listening to alan before i started the show gee over 15 years ago now and I started the show about almost 14 years ago but yeah an absolute pioneer and he's written a book which is really more sort of written for people not having experience themselves like trying to work all out all this et alien thing it's quite fundamental and more for the beginner I think more scientifically based and Anyway, so he's gonna share with us in the inner sanctum. If you wanna come and meet Alan and quiz him and ask him some questions, join us on Zoom this coming weekend. It's the 14th, 15th of October, Saturday afternoon in the Northern Hemisphere US and Canada and Sunday morning in Sydney down under or midday Sunday in New Zealand. And it's about midnight or 11 PM in Europe Yeah, it's doable if you're a late-night person in Europe and the UK. I think it's 10 or 11 p.m. in the UK. Anyway, so join us. Join us, join us. Well, if you're in France, I know I've got French listeners. YouTube tells me I do. (laughs) Big love to all of you. Remember to check out the book, Awakened by Death, if you haven't already. And I will catch you next time. Bye for now.